DJ the painkiller. Kevin, Kevin Jackson. Kevin Jackson. So we need to start acting like a big boy football. It's time for the jet tacks to die. You're listening to Weapons Hot on Sports War Radio and the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Arnold fires one into the end zone. It is caught. That's a jet touchdown. And now here is your host, CJ the Painkiller, DeSimone, and Kevin Jackson. What's going on, Jets Nation? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Sports War Radio, Snowman Digital Media, and quite frankly, any place that you get your New York Jets fix. My name is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, my wingman, and one of my very best friends, ladies and gentlemen. Please put your hands together. For Mr. Kevin Jackson! Jax, what's going on, man? I love the intro. I'm pissed off, yo. I'm so... Look. I'm so pissed off right now. We're going to try We're gonna try to reel this in. Because I know we got... I, look, I'm, I'm so thankful that we have our guests on with us tonight. Because I'm just going to keep it real. Um, I'm not sure if I can maintain my this entire time. So uh, look, I'm thankful to be here. I'm just kind of you know I'm, I'm in I'm in one of those moves. I'm, I'm this is the highest of festivity. I, I'm not really sure I've actually been this angry about what's going on with this team. I can't even tell you. It, I mean, it, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna be I, I'm gonna be at a at a spot where I'm gonna have to reel my tongue in a few times tonight. So look. no, oh oh, oh no. Oh, no. There will be no reeling in of the tongues this evening, okay, Mm. because I know that somewhere out there, the New York Jets PR department is listening. I know that they listen to every fucking broadcast and podcast that's put out there by every fan who goes and hangs a New York Jets jersey in the background of uh, of, of their Zoom shot, whether they're doing it from audio, whether they're doing it from video. Okay, and those sons of bitches are going to hear what the fuck we have to say tonight. Because for three straight weeks, we have had to put up with the miserable, disgusting, unacceptable fucking brand of football that the New York Jets have had to offer. Jax, I've been a fan of this team for 40 plus fucking years. I have never... In my entire life, other than the times that Rich Kotite was coaching this fucking franchise, feel the same way that I do right now. It is completely and utterly (laughs) fucking unacceptable. And if you are a Jet fan and you are not mad by the product that you're watching every single Sunday, I question your sanity at this point. I really do. And to talk all about that, I want to introduce our three guests which everyone sees on the screen. Ladies and gentlemen, first we'll start from the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. I'd like to welcome to the show Mr. Michael Ligaris and Mr. Keith Farrell. What's going on? Uh, thanks for having us, CJ. What's up, guys? Happy to be here. Not happy with the Jets, but happy to chop it up with you guys. And another interesting addition to tonight's podcast, also from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, Mr. Joshua Silverberg. Josh, how are you tonight? Hi guys, CJ, uh, Kevin, nice to talk to you guys. Welcome everybody here. Listen, CJ, I've been talking about doing this the last week or so, and goodness, I thought it would be better than today, uh, but they somehow managed to make it worse than before. 
they did a they did a sequel to make it worse. They managed it, so it's crazy. It's so much to talk about, and I I, I actually had to take uh uh I had, I had a headache before when I was watching the game. I had a massive migraine, so I actually had to take aspirin. So I couldn't watch this crap anymore. <laughs> I was making cookies. I had to take a mental health break today. Like literally, I had to, I had to turn it off. <laughs> I, I need to do something else just for a minute. Let's uh, let's 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 change the smells. Let's change the sight. Let's let's have a better outcome here than than what what atrocity we saw in the field today, man. Oh my God, it was so bad, so bad. So all right, so basically, let me paint the picture for anyone who did not get to watch the game. New York Jets lose to the Indianapolis Colts today, thirty-six to seven. In a complete, utter disaster, Sam Darnold, three interceptions on the day, two of them run back for pick sixes, okay? Another one in the end zone in which potentially could have tied the game for the New York Jets. In a game in which the first half, the offense actually moved the ball. We actually started to see a Lawrence Cager appearance. We started to see a little bit of LaMichael P. Ryan, but not enough, okay? And Jax has got some music in the background for us, which is always beautiful as always. That's, that's my mom calling to check on me. <laughs> right, because because she knows she's got you on suicide watch so far. Look, she she knows my look, my mom's a Jets fan, man. So I know she's calling right now to, to you know, just to make sure that the you know, I'm not jumping off of something right now because she knows. Right, it's the truth. And I mean, like right now, another thing too, all right? Sam Darnold finished the day seventeen for twenty nine, hundred and sixty eight yards. One touchdown to Braxton Berrios, a tremendous play in the first quarter, which I was like, holy cow. Uh, and, I mean, it was reminiscent of the play that he made the following week against the San Francisco 49ers in garbage time. It was still a beautiful throw. And Donald improvising and using his legs. Okay? But Philip Rivers basically put on a clinic today, joined the, the, the 60,000 yards club or, or whatever the fuck he joined. Okay? Uh, probably broke whatever... Whatever statistical records or whatever shit that he needed to do against the New York Jets, as always, because we just have to be that team. We have to be that team that always has to be attached to some sort of fucked up part of history. Okay? So now, Philip Rivers finished the day 17-21, 217 yards. He averaged 10.3 yards per play. And he had a passing touchdown. Okay? Okay, for for, for three quarters. Yeah. Because basically, there was no reason for him to play the fourth quarter. That's why they put Jacoby Brissett in. Okay, as soon as it became 31-7, to there was no reason for him to be up there. Okay? So, nevertheless, I digress. Frank Gore, 15 carries for 57 yards. LaMichael Pirine, modest day, 7 carries for 24 yards. Completely underutilized! Sam Darnold had had five carries for 20 yards. Kalen Balazs, two carries for eight yards. What the fuck is he on this roster for? He led the team in receptions, didn't he? Or targets or something like that? Who's this guy? Yeah, he Listen, you know what he led the team in? He led the team in picking his ass on the fucking bench. Okay? He's an guy from Miami. So, yeah. you know, that's what they do. That's what he does, Gase. He, he plicks and plugs guys from his old teams, and he puts them in the offense more than anybody. And what's funny is he picks up guys from his old offense that wasn't good, gets them onto our team where they're also not good. Yeah, could you pick up? <laughs> so thanks a lot. Could you pick up Jarvis Landry or somebody, please? Somebody <laughs> yeah, right. Pick yeah, up we a don't. Guy. 
We don't need Kalen Ballage who is sitting at home doing nothing besides playing Madden. Right. They tried to trade for him. He failed it. They want to pick him up anyway, and he sucks. What's the point? Yeah. So, you know, another thing, too. All right, here was... Here's the bright spot for today, okay? As if there was any bright spots, okay? I mean, obviously, um, Braxton Berrios catching his second touchdown in successive weeks, okay? Lawrence Cager, two catches for 35 yards. That was promising, yeah. okay? And, you know, also frustrating as well because they didn't try to get him to board, although... On on the second of Darnold's three interceptions of the day, the defense kind of maybe looked a little bit like man. He was trying to hit Lawrence Cager in the quarter of the uh, uh, in the quarter of the end zone, and Xavier Rhodes made a hell of a play on the ball. Uh, thought that he was out of position. He tracked the ball and he was able to intercept it. However, if he doesn't intercept that ball, yeah, it's probably a touchdown for Cager right there. So, you know. Uh, I, we 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 sit up here week after week after week, and we talk about the just the complete shit show that we have to watch on Sundays, and it's getting to the point where it's not getting fun anymore. It's getting apathetic, okay. But if Adam Gase is not fired, either whether he's fired today, whether he's fired tomorrow, whether he's fired at halftime on Thursday's game, so at some point this week. You got to tell this son of a bitch to take a walk because he's not the answer. The players have clearly quit on him. The defense- TJ, before, the, before this game, I was talking with Keith and I was like, you know what, man? I'm going to be okay either way because if the Jets lose, that's one more step towards Adam Gase getting fired. If they win, then, you know, we got to see got to Sam or somebody do well. And, you know, I didn't think I was going to walk away from the game like low. And I'm at my lowest, I think, since that 93-94 season when we were 1-15 with Rich Kotite when I was a kid. I mean, this is darkness like I've never experienced before. And, and, and we all know that Gase is supposed to be gone. We knew that. And we've all united and we understand that agenda. But today, Sam is not good, dude. And I'm, gonna t- I'm sorry, and I know that may hurt people. The fact is, is that uh, the very first game in year three against the Bills – he looked terrible. Yet last week, last week he didn't do anything until yep. garbage time. And this week he starts off with a pick six, which was his fault that he sailed. Bad throw. Then he goes down for a touchdown run, which looked great. And I texted Keith and I said, this is the quarterback that I've been waiting for. He was running when he needed to. He threw the ball away. He looked great on that drive. That's the Sam Darnold that I expect to see. Right. And then after that, uh, move the ball down again. And that second interception, he did not see he did not see Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes uh, circle back and pick them off. That was Sam's fault. And that's a killer for those uh, red zone interceptions, which he had a problem with last year. And then that last pick six was miscommunication with Barrios was going inside, sailed it. Six, all three right. on him, all three bad decisions, and a quarterback like him, the third pick in the draft, after three years, I understand he's only 23 years old, I understand he's the second youngest starting quarterback in the league right now, or now third with Herbert uh, starting, 
Um, <clears throat> I understand all those things, but I'm at a point now where I'm just like, you know, I'm not put, writing the whole ship in, but right now I feel terrible because I feel like this is why uh, Joe Douglas didn't, um, didn't invest in a lot of assets in this year because he pretty much just said, okay, let them play and we'll let whatever f- bubbles to the top, we'll rebuild around that. And it's clear to me that Sam yeah. wasn't guaranteed for him because he, he wanted to see what the deal is. He would have got receivers. If you, yep. if he knew that this is the quarterback I want, he would have never let him throw him out there to the lions. Like he is right now. And I'm telling you right now, he's coming through with a steam shovel and he's going to rip the entire foundation up and plant something brand new, and you can see it happening in front of your eyes. Yeah, in the game, man, with Sam, if you're going to throw an interception in the red zone and you're going to throw two pick sixes, that's 21 points right there, man, potentially, yep. especially where we were. And, you know, where he's at in his career, like none of us are fans of Gase. Gase is a bomb. Gase calls a horrible offense. That's all true today. This is on Sam. And, I, you know, I don't think he played that well today, even in spite of maybe a game plan that wasn't amazing. They were able to move the ball a little bit on the ground when it came to the air game. Some passes Sam, you – know, you know what Sam's like, guys? That touchdown pass he threw. The, the way he, had, he, he evaded the rush, he almost got tackled three times, right? Then he nails that pass, and you're like, oh, my God. Those plays are the plays that keep us all hoping, I think, in Sam, when you see a play like that. Because in the same exact game – he has three other passes besides other other guys he missed that were open. Put those aside. Those three interceptions, you're like, like it's like a relationship where someone always constantly does just enough to keep you in it with them. And then if you think you go, then you go to work. You're like, damn, they're not that good for me. What did I get fooled into? And they keep doing just enough. And I don't think anymore Sam's even doing just enough. That's what I'm saying. I think we're, I think now you got to look at it where yeah, it's Gase. But also, all the best quarterbacks of all time, some of them have been in adverse situations as well. The really good quarterbacks figure out a way to overcome it, and he hasn't been able to do that yet with the Jets. You know, I, I mean, I, I look at it this way, and I agree with the first points that were made in the sense of Joe Douglas came here, right? He has no affiliation with Sam Darnold because he didn't pick Sam Darnold. Okay, he did not. He invested, you know, he he invested in him, but he didn't pick him. What if the thought process throughout the whole thing was, okay, let's see how it is, see where we go from here. Whatever works, we'll keep. Whatever doesn't, we'll move on from. I mean, what if maybe this whole time Joe Douglas did think in his head, oh, what if we're so bad? Maybe Trevor Lawrence will be there for us. Maybe we do go that route and I start to get Trevor Lawrence some weapons. Maybe here's the thing. You've got to let, and look, we all know Adam Gase is not going to be here after this year. We know that. Whether it's Eric Bieniemy or it's somebody else, you have to let the new head coach pick which route he wants to go. Does he want to go route A? If they have the number one pick, I want to take Trevor Lawrence and build around him. Or do I want to go route B? I want to work with Sam Darnold because I can make him better. We could trade that draft pick, get a lot of assets to build around him. Because look, Eric Bieniemy's quarterback right now in Kansas City is what? It's Patrick Mahomes. A lot of people are saying Trevor Lawrence is almost is almost close to Patrick Mahomes. Maybe Bienemy wants to go the route of working with Trevor Lawrence, maybe because he feels more comfortable that route. I don't know, but I think you gotta let the new head coach pick the way it is. And that's why I don't think Joe Douglas has invested enough, like you guys were saying, in Sam Darnold's offense, because I think Joe Douglas probably feels I don't know if I want to spend my cap space on a kid. 
I don't think is going to be here as the future quarterback of this team anyway. So why am I going to do this? And I'm not saying Sam doesn't deserve the chance, but I mean, has Sam, I think you see the confidence and the isms on the sideline. Dude, he's shot with his, with his confidence. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta jump in because um, this is part of the reason why we, we have you guys on the show because there is phenomenal insight. There's, you know, kind of mature, respectable, you know, kind of thought process on this. And, you know, I, I kind of want to grab a, a few pieces of, of, of everything that everyone said because, uh, first and foremost, Joe Douglas isn't really on the same time frame that everybody else is on as far as his decision-making is concerned. We know that. Um, we also know that while Adam Gase may have been part of the reason why he's actually here, I don't necessarily agree with the fact that Joe Douglas is so tied to Adam Gase I agree. that, you know, it, it is, it, it is a, a non-starter for him to be gone. I personally think that if uh, Joe Douglas is at all worth his salt, he's been banging the table for Chris Johnson to say, look, you know, this guy, you know, as much as I like him, as much as he's a cool guy, as much as he interviews well, because you obviously were fooled by him as well, he's not the guy. And what we need to do is we need to move on. Now, also in that same point, though, um, Sam Darnold, you know, we we were coming into the season thinking that Sam Donald was the guy, and we really just kind of needed to see a few things plugged in that were going to really solidify it for us. And I don't know if Joe Douglas did enough. I, I, I'll say this. You know, we were talking about, you know, he needed to address the offensive line, and to an extent he did that, to an extent, because obviously he didn't completely rebuild it. We really – and, I mean, if you really seriously think about it, we brought in two guys because uh, 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 McGovern, the center, was was the guy, and then drafted Makai Becton. Those are really the only two – solid additions to the offensive line that we saw. I mean, we all had questions about Fant. Fant played admirably, admirably, excuse me, the first couple of games, but now all right, three he's of them hurt. are out. So, I mean, yeah, think about he's that. hurt, Beckton's out, Beckton left this game. The set for the offensive line is no longer in play. Um, I think that when we're talking about the wide receivers in position, yeah, Denzel Mims was the guy. I mean, we, we, we were really excited about seeing him. Um, I think Joe Douglas got a little too cute in thinking that maybe these undrafted free agent guys that we brought in, Cager and uh, and, and Campbell included, I I, I kind of think that maybe he thought he was going to be able to get away with adding those guys and not spend that mid-round draft capital that we really needed for him to spend on those receivers. You know, I, I think it's all backfiring for us right now. And, I mean, I tweeted about this earlier. You know, he's sitting on $30 million. I'm not necessarily saying go out and, 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 and you know, uh, trade for a guy or bring in some some name that we're going to have to spend money on. But, I mean, even young, hungry guys, I, I still think that, you know, you, you bring a guy in to develop, um, maybe he just doesn't believe in the coaching staff. And at this point, he's doing what it is that he can to allow them to hang themselves, and he's going to rip everything out. So with, with the way that we've been seeing it come, Adam Gates, we know, is gone. Greg and, he is, and he is gone. And, and, and he is gone. And, and we can put this loss today on Sam Darnold. But guess what? Adam Gase was brought in to make Darnold better. And he hasn't done so it. when Darnold doesn't do good, that's an indictment on Gase as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, well, the well, path Sam, forward, Sam, so the Sam path forward is if you want to try to salvage Sam, get Gase the hell out of here. Sam's collateral. As soon as possible. Right. Put Jim Bob Cooter in. I don't care who you put in. Put another system in. And see what the quarterback does over the next couple of games. You know what I'm saying? For the rest of the season. And then make your decision. Because right now, I'm not investing a a fifth-year option in Sam Darnold. I'm not. 
Now, yeah. with what I see, there's no way we're paying that type of money. Yeah. And you, you know look, what I'm saying? and you look at it too, guys. In the sense of with the cap and with the you know with the pandemic going on and everything like that, the cap is not necessarily going to rise. So when you look right. at it forward, the New York Jets are going to have one of the top amount of salary caps out there in the league. So that's exactly yeah. But 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 we have the most holes also. I mean, think right. about the guys that we have on one year deals. All of those guys need to be resigned or let go. And if they're let go, we got to replace them. So they're already gone. Dude, that's going to 100% help, too. But you look at it like this. Two top free agent wide receivers are going to be on the market. I would expect Douglas to go after one. One is Allen Robinson. The other is Juju Smith-Schuster. I would expect him to go after one, if not both of them, with the amount of salary cap they're going to have going into next year. Because, again, the cap's not going to rise next year. It's staying flat. So a lot of teams, when you look at it right now, I think Douglas was also planning more for the future knowing that the league is going to be in the situation that they're going to be in, and he's going to have so much cap space and have so many holes that he's going to say, look, I could spend this here, spend this there, and plug that here, plug it there. But also, he's trying to build through the draft. You can't build an NFL team through free agency. It's impossible to do. you got to build through the draft. Go watch the Green Bay Packers for years did that. You can't build a team through free agency. Yeah, listen, you want to you want a classic example of that? Go look at the ten and six Jet Jets football team that was when when Mike McCagnan was here. Yep. He spent over two, oh. or, he spent almost two hundred million dollars. I hated that team. Yeah. I, I look, I like the I like the guys. We had guys, but that was that was an anomaly in the middle of, of of drama for us. And the problem that the problem is is that we went ten and six. We weren't that good. We weren't that team. Right. And I mean that 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 really hurt us. Look. The, the way that he's going about it, obviously, is what it is that we'd like to see. The unfortunate issue right now is that we still have a season. We still have young guys that need to be developed now on this roster. And we still have, you know, and, and I mean, to Mike, Mike made great points because Mike is, you know, as of right now, it's really difficult to say that we're going to put any more stock into Sam Donald. But the fact of the matter is that we still don't know what Sam looks like if he has a competent coaching staff and competent talent around him. We just don't know. Right. So, you know, there, there is some difference in that. And we have seen where guys have, you know, struggled and then gone on to different situations and, and, and excelled, case in point, Drew Reeves, you know. Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Coming specifically from being coached by Gase. So, I mean, there, there are some there are still some questions to be had. And and the fact of the matter is, is that if we do make a change and we start to see some sparks from Sam Donna going towards the middle and the end uh, of the season, you know, then – we do have questions about our draft position, draft capital, and what it is that we're going to do going forward. At this point in time, there's, there's still more questions than answers, but there is one answer that we know for a fact. If Adam Gase is not out of here, man, he's none of it makes a difference. He's got to go right now. Right. I, you know what? And he's not going to survive. He, listen, he's not going to get fired now, but after that break, if we lose Thursday night on national television to Jeff Driscoll yeah. and a bunch of scrubs, he's gone. We lost the better be gone. We lost the scrubs array on the 49ers. We lost the scrubs array. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the first half of the game they had the quarterback. They were already up twenty-one nothing, <laughs> and then they yeah. put the JV team in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, here's a, here's another thing too, and here's the reason why I think it really doesn't make a difference whether you fire Adam Gates now or you fire him on Thursday, because regardless of the short week, what's going through, if you give Jim Bob Cooter. The, the, the slate, if let's say for shits and giggles, as soon as we get off the air, we all put our heads to sleep, 
We wake up tomorrow morning, we find out as soon as Adam Gase gets off the plane in Indy, he's handed his walking papers, he's fired, oh, and, and, and Greg Williams is, is, is given the, uh, the, the freaking interim head coaching job. Okay, first, first things first, okay, all, all of Jets Nation will do a happy dance, number one, number two, all right, everyone will breathe a collective sigh of relief. And in number three, going into Thursday's game against Denver, nobody really gives a shit, okay? Because you're going to give Jim Bob Cooter an opportunity if he's named offensive coordinator. If they get rid of of Gase, Darren Loggins better be showing the fucking door too. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, hell yeah. Okay? So... So, because, if, because if they let Darryl Loggins on the plane, no. let Darryl Loggins <laughs> monkey ass back on the plane. I'm telling you right now, no, no, no. no. Uh, the plane's the plane's being rescheduled. So you got an um, intern cleaning you know, out his we'll fucking we'll office right now as we speak. Look, yeah, he definitely would look. need to get on the plane with a parachute. No. <laughs> yeah, because like, like, yeah. you might not make it to the end. I just want to second something that uh that Josh was saying and that Kevin was saying, like. The Jets will have a ton of cap space next year, and when you combine that with next year, we have ten picks in the draft. Could have more, you know, and we could have more picks, right? And we have we have wow. five picks in the first three rounds. Wow. And in 2022, right now, we have four picks in the first three rounds. So even if you whiff on two or three, if you just hit like sixty percent, and they have all this money and they could do a decent job in free agency. We know the NFL is that sport where if you're managed correctly, which we haven't been, you can turn it around real quick. You know, right. and, and then the only- grab a and, and grab a and what you do is if you want to draft a quarterback, go ahead and draft a quarterback, but grab one of those vet quarterbacks like Indianapolis just did with Phillip Rivers, right? Grab another cat to come in and be serviceable while we're doing this rebuild. To your point, you know what I'm saying? Because we're gonna get a you know center, we're gonna get receivers and all that. Go grab. I don't even know what quarterback's gonna be available next year. But you get if you were to get a grab a guy like I don't know. uh, Well, Jameis Winston is on on the Saints, but I don't know. So so one of these veteran guys bring him in here. Um, You know, somebody asked this question earlier. Are we going to see Joe Flacco at some point in time this season? Oh, and, uh, boy. Oh, that, was, that, was, oh, that was a hard boy. question for me because, I, you know, I want to say no. Oh, you know, boy. We can't, we can't necessarily say that Joe Flacco isn't, you know, like like, like when we saw uh, Sam come out and have McCown play. Sam came back a better quarterback. Legitimately, that that, that was realistic. Keep him on as a veteran. It's not a bad thing. If it... it's, not a, it's not a bad thing. But I, I also think that, you know, the catch 22 and that is that you already – Sam is already fragile right now. Yes. Sam is already damaged right now. You, you you might you might really press a button on his ego that you know kind of that really if you're talking about he's already on the on the decline that might tank him right there. That yeah, really that might could be a possibility. So, you know, I'm 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 a guy. Look, I wanted to see Sam. I still want to see Sam. Uh, you know, succeed here. But I, I also was the guy who said that we should have started Geno instead of starting Ryan Fitzpatrick, and we would have been able to see what would have happened. You know, during that point. Uh, and, and and that I think would have actually been a better idea of of team building because what it is that we did after that, everything fell off the cliff after that. So you know, in this case, I think we need to be mindful of how it is that we proceed. But if we, if it continues to be this way, there's not going to be any Sam Darnold on the team next season. We'll we'll trade him for a draft pick 
Um, you know, that maybe maybe draft day, maybe even before that. Who knows? Uh, look, the, the Steelers, you know, and I, I saw this and we were just kicking this around the other day. The Steelers, you know, with Big Ben on his way out soon, they might actually be a spot where Sam Donald jumps in and, you know, ha- has has a ready-made situation available. And, and that could be something that would, would elevate his game. So he leaves the, 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 the dumpster juice, you know, spill that is the Jets and goes to the Steelers and balls out. That is that isn't that us though? Isn't that like typical steel, uh, typical New York Jets? I mean, I, I, I don't know. We, we we've got we've got drama, man. This is not good at all. This is Kevin, not- I agree with what you said exactly to the point of saying if he, if he goes somewhere. You know, it depends on how he's going to be. Minnesota's another spot I would even look at as well, too, because they got playmakers with Thielen and those guys. But I know, CJ, we were talking on the phone earlier today, and you brought up the point to me as well. You, you know, you're nervous to trade Sam because if Sam goes and balls somewhere, you're going to say, God, now it's upsetting because it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So you have that side of it. You got the other side of it, too, though, is if you trade the draft pick, and Trevor Lawrence is there, and Trevor Lawrence balls out, and you're stuck with, and Sam's not producing. Now you're going to go, oh my God, so typical Jets. They traded away that draft pick. Right. It's almost like a no win situation for the Jets when you really think about it. Because right. Sam goes somewhere else, like Pittsburgh or Minnesota, and does great. Or if you trade the pick, and Trevor Lawrence comes in here and looks like Patrick Mahomes, and you're going to go, why? The Jets, why? Why is this happening again? Of course this is happening. Why is but, but if we could just look, you know, when you look at these quarterbacks that get drafted a lot of times, we always put the greatness on the quarterback. But honestly, the system, the coach, and infrastructure that these yes. young men are drafted into have a lot to do with these young men being success. I can tell you right now, that if Lamar Jackson got drafted by the New York Jets, he would be garbage. Yeah, <laughs> he would be garbage. That's the same argument that I made about Patrick Mahomes. The MVP, Lamar right. Jackson, right now. You're if right. Patrick Mahomes was drafted by the New York Jets, he would still be better than Sam. Absolutely think. right. But he and wouldn't be Patrick Mahomes. Okay. So oh. what I'm trying to say is, first, the reason why Josh Allen is doing well is because he's got the infrastructure, and they had all the draft picks. They were all set up. Just like we are right now. That means get the fucking right person in the door to make the right decisions, to get the right infrastructure set up so we could bring in a young man and he can flourish in that system. That's what you need to do. Make the right call. Yeah. And that's on Joe D. But it all starts starts with with getting Gase out the fucking door. Because you know why? Then it makes the rest of this season irrelevant. Because if you actually want to use this, se- you want to use this season as a quote-unquote developmental, uh, developmental or like uh, uh, what's the what's the other fucking buzzword that they're throwing around? That it's a uh, that it's like an evaluation year. Okay, then it makes sense for you to go and to and and, and to have these shitty games where you're only scoring thirteen points a game. The Jets have scored 37 points in three games. We're the worst team in football. We've got an offensive genius. Our offensive genius. Come on now. The two. Let's, let's, not forget, let's not forget that. We've got an offensive guru running the show right now. That's unbelievable. I, 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 37 I, I points. I wanted to get Keith on this. I wanted to ask Keith this question because I, we, we would, I, we, we, I have been kind of, you know, being attacked on Twitter. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, my mentions are looking a little ugly right now. But uh, I was talking about the hierarchy and how ownership is going to allow the general manager and head coach to kind of stay on equal footing here. 
And I'm just thinking like it's no. until, until that changes. Like yeah. honestly, until nah, that You know changes. what? When we won our last show, I not not the last show, the one before that. When you heard Adam Gates come out, Kevin, and his quotes about Chris Johnson were about how accessible he was to him and how that was a great relationship and this and that and him and Hawn, like if you're Bill Belichick or you're Andy Reid or you're someone that has credentials over the course of decades, you can be accessible to a billionaire who owns the team. That's fine. But when you're Adam Gase and your track record's that, you were just garbage. You were just horrible yep. on the Dolphins. Not only that, you had to do a screening match with the owner. The whole team hated you. And then you get yourself under the Jets and you're so accessible to the owner that you, he looks at you as like his voice of reason when it comes to football. That shouldn't be the case. That makes no sense. That's not, that's not someone that deserves for, to that level of respect from our, our, our ownership. And, I mean, Chris Johnson and Woody, and Woody Johnson, the two of them, are both fucking absolute empty suit clowns. They don't, they don't bring anything to the table. I, I, they, people think sometimes ownership doesn't affect franchises. You hear people say that, but it does. Any business you're in, any franchise, any well-run team, it's very rare that the owner and then the people under him are clowns. You don't win by mistake. It doesn't happen by mistake. Go look so, at Baltimore. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, look at and look at the structure you set up there. Like Ozzie Newsom in Baltimore. I mean, the, the, these teams that set up structures that are good for a long time, and it seems like the Jets have had one since we've had Woody Johnson owning the team. I said in the pod, we've had one coach with a winning record. It was Al Groh. He coached here the first year they owned the team. He was nine and seven. Ever since that, every coach had a losing record. That means everyone you chose hasn't gotten the job done, and the worst one you chose is the guy you're relying on to give you your opinion about things. It just absolutely – it gets I get more angry every time I think about it. But what you heard this week at least is that ownership, front office, people are looking at this dude with a more critical eye. Um, they might make a move like CJ said this week. If it was before Thursday, that would be insane. That would be amazing. It would shock the world. But it would show everybody that you take this seriously. Yes, that not, thank you. That you're, you know, yeah. you're, not, you're not just going to say, all right, we're not doing good. Let's punt on the next 13 games. Uh, I mean, Jet fans, all of us, doesn't make a fucking difference about us. Everybody that does a podcast, everybody like Josh, all of us, Mike. You know, it's like none of us matter. Fuck the next 13 games. That's what you're telling me if you don't get rid of this guy. You know? Right. That's what you're telling here, me. I 100% agree with you. Here's, here, you know. here's something else that I want to throw in. Okay, Keith, you brought up a great point. And Joshua, I want to get to your point in just a second. But Keith actually said something that actually uh, – made me think of something that I was thinking of during the course of the day. All right. If Christopher Johnson pulls the trigger and fires Adam Gase as soon as possible, and then Joe Douglas, they hold a press conference. You hold a joint shoulder-to-shoulder press conference addressing the New York Jets media and addressing the New York Jets fan, especially the New York Jets fan. And you tell them, That losing is no longer acceptable with this franchise. We are sick and tired of being the butt end of every NFL joke. We are sick and tired of being made fun of by every NFL franchise and every NFL fan base. And it starts with Adam Gase. And we will tolerate nothing less but winning. Even if it's just eyewash for right now. Until you can get everybody you gotta get out of the fucking building at one Jets drive. It's something. Somebody posted some stats about Jim Bob Cooter's offense and how, you know, they were yeah. Bad, obviously. They were yeah, it was ninth. Short, but 
Yeah, that's but, right. But, Twenty. But, but, but yeah. that's just the thing. Even if you're going to, you know, just kind of, even if you throw him in this week, you know, I'm thinking you're still going to get, you know, all right, on the fly, we got to do something different. So, you know, let, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and pull the brakes off this thing. Let's go. Let's go. Bro, let's it's go, just decisions. Go. It's just decisions. Like, why are you running for it when you're down by multiple touchdowns and you're just oh running God. the clock? Like, what are you doing? Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't oh, even man. care no more. It's about the, it's about <laughs> your approach. It's about. Just your, you know, having a, a, a ferocity to the game about trying to win. You know what I'm saying? Do yeah. everything you can. Like, run crazy plays. Do something. You don't. He doesn't do anything because he's Nothing. insecure. He only believes in what he thinks he knows on how he – and he's, he does not want to go outside of that box. And think about insecure. Think about Drawing in your team. life, people in your life that you have no respect for, right? <laughs> and then think of that person trying to tell you to do something. You're not listening to that person. No. You know, I, especially when you're a professional athlete at this level, these dudes have no respect for Adam Gase, and they shouldn't. So you come out and you see a team these first three weeks that looks like they don't give a shit. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying the Jets players don't give a shit or not trying hard. That's what I'm saying. This is what it looks like, though. Right. You know, it like does. you're getting blown out of the water every week. But he's the quarterback whisperer, remember? He's the quarterback <laughs> it, it was said earlier, you know, Sam Darnold says all of the right things in the press conference. He takes all the responsibility on himself. He says, look, I got to get better. I got to do a better job. But you kind of got to you, 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 you don't see the frustration in Sam's face. You know what I'm saying? When, when, when it's when it started in 17 and you're running your draw play today. I mean, really, you know, but but, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because when, like I said, when CJ threw out the crazy idea that he could be, he thinks he could get fired before Thursday's game. I hope he's fired. I, I no way, not possible. But then I thought about it later on, and I said to myself, "Okay, Christopher Johnson is the same incompetent owner that let Mike McCagnan hire the coach, do free agency, draft the players, and then fire him two, three months later." Yeah. So why? why and I saw, and I, and I, I still to this day didn't even like, like fathom about how you could go through a decision like that because you felt like oh, I feel insecure because I don't think he's the right guy, but I'm just going to let him throw hundred million dollars down the tube and let him throw a whole draft away because I don't know if it's the right decision or not. Yeah. That's why I don't think CJ's point is that crazy about him being let go before Thursday. I don't think it is crazy at all. I also think that uh, Chris Johnson may have had an epiphany to boy, he has no idea what he's doing. No, he's an insecure little boy, but that's what he is. He, he, him and his brother are so insecure about what people are thinking about this and that. How can you sit there week after week? You're giving up. I think they've been outscored by 52 points. This season in three games, but say that Adam Gase is a wonderful mind and a great head coach. And look, <sighs> those guys that was on when they hired him, I said, I saw the, you know, I said, oh, he did take Miami to the playoffs his first year with the Dolphins. I said, maybe, you know, he said, my, my brother's a massive Miami Dolphins fan. My brother said to me, exactly, good luck. That's it. My yo, my Josh, my condolences to your brother. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's bad for us being Jet fans, but you know, Dolphins fans. He, but uh, but I'm so to it, man. He's so numb to the pain already. He don't even. 
but but let me tell you something. Like I, I was really thinking about like reaching out to Leonardo DiCaprio and trying to learn how to turn one of those top things like, <laughs> get inside of Chris Johnson's head. You know what I'm saying? Like get in his in his brain while he's dreaming and stuff, and like have it like see him in his dream when he was like putting together some baby oil juices and be like, look. Fire Adam Geese. Wow. <laughs> and he wakes up, he's like, I got to fire Adam Geese. Like, just freaking make the damn call, bro. You made a mistake. You made a mistake. It's right. okay. You made a mistake. I'm just so mad because it. I was telling you, my parents, my dad grew up a huge Packers fan. My mom grew up a huge 49ers fan. And I, I yelled at them today saying, you guys didn't try hard enough to make me one of those. <laughs> That's why I'm stuck where I am now. <laughs> I'll I, I blame my family for this too, but uh, I'm gonna keep it real. There, I've had plenty of opportunities to leave, and for whatever reason, I guess I'm just a blood for punishment. Look, this is this is where we are right now, in that that one decision by Christopher Johnson quite possibly set this franchise back multiple. Seasons. Oh, it's terrible. You're right. Multiple seasons, right? Because because oh, now what it is that we have to do? I mean, we we do have to recover, but we also have to we also have to recognize that again, and and I, I kind of. I started this point. I don't want to deviate from him, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to stay on it too long. Uh, Joe Douglas has the six-year plan, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Joe, Joe Douglas is coming in with a six-year plan, and we, having been Jets fans for as many years as we have, we're not really looking at this like this is a six-year thing. Yeah, you know, I've, I've been a Jets fan since I'm damn seven years old. So I mean, think about this. We're, we're talking about forty damn years, and 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 twenty-five, thirty of it. We're ineptitude for horrible football. You know what I'm saying? I got yep. lucky enough to see Ken O'Brien. You know, I, I got lucky enough to see some of that. I got lucky enough to see Altoon. I got lucky enough to see Bobby Jackson, who was, you know, uh, rookie of the year. And, and 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 honestly, the reason why I wanted to play football as a as a kid, because I'm looking at these guys, and his last name is Jackson. I'm thinking that could be me. That's my jersey. He's nice too. And then it's falling off, and we've had so much bad here that you know I, I'm 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 in. But that decision, as far as everything that I've seen, that decision right there might have been one of the most non-intelligent, non-football decisions that, that is going to impact, impact this franchise. I mean, think about this. We were thinking Sam Darnold could be the guy and we might actually be seeing relevant playoff football by 2021, 2022. Uh-huh. Are we still in that same timeline? Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Why is the owner picking the damn coach in the first place? That's the problem. That's why. Why is he making that call? We're talking about hierarchy again. You you own Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. You know about baby wipes and things. You don't know crap about football. The team's So let a football human being make those decisions. Amen. It blows my mind. And not only that, he hired him, and then Gase got McCagney fired. <laughs> that's, how you, right, right? that's how you know. That's how you I know. Craig like Johnson hired. <laughs> he sabotaged him. He yeah. said, "No, this guy's not. He's he's too soft. I don't want to work with him." It, but, it was a setup. It was a setup. He uh, brought him in and then had Peyton call. <laughs> right. Uh, Look, Adam, Adam Gase has been riding Peyton Manning's coattail since he got here, and uh, he had, and, and isn't even good enough to have learned from Peyton Manning. He knows he knows shit about football. What Peyton Manning right now, guys? Uh, he was all ha- praising Adam Gase when he got the job. Oh, he should be the head coach. Of the- he can if, get. If, if people don't know, if people he's don't stupid know, stupid State Farm or whatever the commercials he's yeah. made. Peyton Manning hates the Jets. Yeah, hates we- the Jets. Look, yeah. did he want to come out and play for the Jets? Yeah. Think about that. Hey, yeah. hey, C J. C J. Kevin, C J. Kevin. I want to just say thank you guys for having me. I got to put the kids to sleep.
All so right, man. I got to go. Look, man, well, Thursday night football, Thursday night. I hope he gets fired now. <laughs> if they lose on Thursday, I really yeah. do think he's going to get fired. I can't see him surviving because it's just how bad it really is. And um, I'm just disappointed with Sam. And uh, I just hope that we just come to a conclusion either way on direction. That's all I want. I want a direction, and then I just want to go through that direction, and that's it. I don't want to flip-flop on things. I don't want to, oh, well, maybe, or not. Nah, just this is how it's going to be, and let's go ahead and get with a plan and execute. You know what I'm saying? So, um, Joshua, great meeting you. Keith, I'm going to talk to you Thursday, okay? Take care, man. Good meeting you as well, dude. All right, guys. Take care. Rational, rational, rational thoughts, rational thought process. I mean, it, it seems like all of that stuff is gone up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Michael Lagaris, uh having to leave us for a little bit from the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. We do ha- still have Ain't Easy Being Green represented on the other side of the glass, Mr. Keith Farrell. And you are watching Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast with your host, CJ the Painkiller Simone, and my partner in crime, Mr. Kevin Jackson. Our guests, again, Mr. Keith Farrell from Ain't Easy Being Green and Mr. Joshua Silverberg from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. So, all right, gentlemen. We've pissed and moaned about this game. We've talked about the play calling. We've talked about different things. What was it about this game in particular? Now, Jax, I know you didn't watch most of the game, so I won't. Actually, uh, I did. I, Actually, I did. Okay. I did. That's, that's why I had to go bake cookies, man, because in the third quarter, I was like, <laughs> All right. So, uh, guys, we'll go around the room. Uh, Keith, we'll start with you. What was it for you that saw the wheels come off the wagon? Was it the pick six to start off the game, or was it something else during the game? You know what is funny is that the way when the game started, you know, just like last week and the week before, you look like garbage the first two weeks, and you come in and you hope, all right, you know what, maybe if we at least get the get going in the first half, don't fall behind in the first half because we don't have an offense that can catch up to anyone. You know, maybe we'll have a shot, you know, and you have enthusiasm, and then there's a pick six immediately you know and they went down and scored a touchdown after that but in your head you're just like it never felt the whole entire day it felt like we were behind you know it just it never feels like with Gase for some reason even last year um down the stretch which I'll get to in a second but never feels like you're really in the game or you have faith in this dude because of the way the Jets have gone about their business in the first half like the first half of this year, I don't, I don't remember another time they played this bad in the first half. The, they were a little closer this game, but in the first half of games is when normally so many plays are scripted. You know, normally you come out, teams are teams know what they're doing those first two, three drives, and we have no idea what we're doing. You know, and even a game when you in your head you're like, oh man, you know, Sam had some passes this game that looked pretty good, and some passes last game that looked good. He still just demoralized us immediately. You know, I never felt like. There was a chance today, even though the game, for a portion of the game, wasn't was a little closer. The game went on. We ended up getting blown out of the water. But guys, last year we were we averaged about 270 yards of offense. We're the worst in the league. This year, before today, we were averaging about 265. Today we had 260. So we're we're literally going in the opposite direction. So I don't even know. I'm at a loss, man. We talk about it the whole time, like you said. Um, but it just it just seems like. Adam Gase always tries to be the smartest guy in the room. And whatever's working, he's like, all right, this works. We've run 
this play and it's worked five times. I'm not going to call that the rest of the game because they might think it's coming. Instead of being like one of those teams like Belichick or these good teams that are like, we'll throw the ball to Kelsey ten times in a row if you're not going to do nothing about it. Right. You know, it's just, I don't even know. There's so much that goes with Gase, and it's so obvious to everyone that he's been a detriment to Sam and all these other guys, you know, like Ryan I thought Ryan Tannehill was a bum. And last year, he had one of the highest QB ratings ever in the NFL. You know, that can't be by mistake. I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill's an MVP guy, but he sure as hell has played like it since he left Gase, you know? Like, it just blows my mind, guys. We're at this point with the Jets that three games in, I don't never remember three games in, thinking you got to fire somebody. <laughs> but but this year it's real. This year it's real. All right, Josh, what are your thoughts? Oh, man. I mean, you could you could start on the kickoff with Josh Malone getting it to, what, the 18-yard line to the to, – a um, couple of things. I mean, look, Darnold missing Chris Herndon open down, you know, instead, of, you know, instead he did a little run instead. Or how about Ryan Griffin dropping the ball on third and fourth? They just gave him a contract extension. Yeah. You know, and then that happens. Literally drops the ball. But, you know, we're going on Gase, 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 and we're blaming Adam Gase. And as we should blame Adam Gase, how about we put some blame on uh, Mr. Defensive Coordinator Specialist this year, okay, Mr. Greg Williams. That defense sucks, okay? This defense is crap. I don't want to hear about, oh, we missed Jamal Adams or anything Philip Rivers is going up and down the field every single drive in the red zone, no matter what. They couldn't stop anybody again. And, we're, you know, Donald had no confidence early on. You saw the pick six. But, my goodness, how bad is his defense, guys? Yeah, I mean, even even Mullins last week. Mullins last week just slinging it. <laughs> no problem. Who is <laughs> This is going to be this is going to be a, a, a huge thing because because we we are at some point going to have to really consider is Joe Douglas going to blow it up if he does fire Adam Gase and he does get rid of Dow Loggins who I think are obviously our package deal does he get rid of uh, Greg Williams also or you know does Greg Williams transition to the head coach and allow Jim Bob Cooter to run the offense which I kind of feel like maybe at least for the sake of this season should be the case um, but with the way that the offense is looking. Do we feel confident enough to allow Greg Williams to take on that additional responsibility, knowing that the defense has been struggling the way that it has? You know, we, we, we got really a lot of questions right now that, that I, I mean, I, I was, again, I was looking at stats earlier. I was looking at uh, Jim Bob Cooter's offense. And I mean, it, 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 it's not only has it been better than what it is that we've seen, it actually has been dynamic. It's been serviceable. Do we have the players that are going to be able to pull it off? Imagine we've got some guys coming back off the IR here coming soon that really could be an influx of talent that we need to at least elevate the level of the horribleness that we've seen. But is it going to be enough to get us over the top? If we don't get rid of Adam Gase, we're, we're not going to know because Adam Gase doesn't know what it is that he's doing. We, you, you got Makai Beckton on the outside who's a beast. And, I mean, you got a running back in Frank Gore whose specialty is three yards in a cloud of dust up the middle. He's <laughs> not going to get to the outside for the, for the left time. And, and, and then Le'Veon Bell is going to come back. Is, is the offense going to be smart enough to put Le'Veon Bell in positions to be able to make that happen? Uh, uh, P. Ryan, who actually has the speed enough to get around the outside, does he step in and be able to do what it is that we need for them to do? And, and, and at this point in time, I don't even know. When is Beckton coming back? Is he seriously injured? McGovern, when is he coming back? Are they seriously injured? Are these guys really injured at all? Do they just feel like, yeah, fucking I'm not playing anymore until Adam Gates is gone? I'm, those, those are all things that are running through my mind as I'm watching the game. <laughs> like, come 
going down. It, it, there's too many injuries right now. And then the C.J. Mosley thing really kind of sparked me. I'm thinking, you know what? After what Jamal Adams said, and knowing that Jamal Adams is basically right about all the, the trash that he's talking about, Adam Gase, and then C.J. Mosley opting out, they're opting out for a reason. They know there's something that they know, and something within that locker room, something within that that organization, those guys talk. They, yeah. they, they, look, I, I think that there's more to it than just them being hurt at this point. Um, but when we do get some of these guys back, if the change has been made, which I think that it should be, I mean, really, could we possibly see a spark? Could we possibly see maybe a couple of wins that we weren't expecting to get? And then maybe, you know, some solidifying, uh, you know, play out of the quarterback position and maybe even the defense towards the end of the season and maybe pull out some of the games that we obviously don't at this point believe that the Jets are going to win. It's, it's huge questions, but I think they're I think they're logical questions. I don't think they're really far-fetched. But just really quick, how are these guys also getting hurt? Like, how did Ashton Davis get hurt? How did Cameron Clark get hurt? They don't play, how did these guys? How did this whole, you know, between between Zaniga, the guy they got from Florida, how this entire draft class is hurt? Yeah, yeah, None right. of them play. How did that happen? Look, well, uh, well, right. here's here, here's another interesting perspective that I want to uh, put out there, and this is going to segue into one of our guests who have just joined us, uh, Mr. Aaron Marks, uh, joining us live from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network studio. Uh, as he's, uh, you know, again, like pulling the, putting the gun to his head and pulling the trigger. Errol, <laughs> tell me a story, brother. What did you see that made the wheels come off the wagon? Because I'm sure that you have a lot to tell us. What was there to watch? I mean, what did we watch today? We watched Sam Donald throw an interception, what, the first two minutes of the game? This team is... The problem with this team has nothing to do with talent. Even though the talent showed today, there's no wide receivers. The wide receivers can't create separation. You saw it. I was texting Eric Coleman during the game, and I said, I can't even watch this anymore. This is, this is, terrible, uh, this is terrible football. And the New York Jets, I think, when you look at the big picture, and, and this team is uh, – there, there's so many mishaps in this game. They can't tackle. That's been a problem, really, since the beginning of the season. Uh, you're looking at Greg Williams's defense. They have no secondary. Desir was a complete bust. You can see that from Indianapolis. Their their cornerback position and Marcus May, as good as he's played in the last two games, he completely disappeared in this game. I don't know what happened to him. Quincy uh, Quentin Williams, who I, I think is still going to be a beast in the league, I, 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 he disappears in these games, and that's the problem with some of these players. Makai Beckham is a beast. We, would they call him the big ticket? They say he's the. He's the real deal, and you see that he's the real deal. Problem with him is he can't stay healthy. And this is what's the problem with all the New York Jets and some of these young players. Sam Donald, what is what has been his mishap ever since he's come into the league? His health. Then you talk about some of the rookies that they have this year. Uh, we, we have LaMichael Piron. He, he couldn't, he's finally playing now. He barely touches the ball. We don't even know what he is. We, we talk about uh, Ashton Davis. Everybody was talking about, wow, he looks so great in the practice field. He can't step on the field. The last time we saw him do something, he tried to hurdle over somebody and almost fell, fell on his head. I mean, this is the problem with some of these players. Now, I don't. I think this draft class is still going to be a very good draft class. Makai Beckham looks like he's a real deal. I think that you talk, you talk about Ashton Davis when he actually gets a chance to play on the field. Denzel Mims, we haven't even seen yet. Uh, I think he's going to be a special player. I watched him play college football. This is a team that has talent. I, I think the problem with the Jets is they lack 
the most important uh, positions. They don't have a good corner. They don't have a number one corner. They don't have a pass rush. They can't put any pressure on the edges. None whatsoever. And that's why when you look at Phillip Rivers, you look at every single quarterback that has played, even a limped J.G. last week, Jamie Garoppolo, he was running and throwing all over the Jets. The guy wasn't even 100% healthy at a high ankle sprain. Not one quarterback they dominated in the middle, except really Josh Allen. But Josh Allen's figuring things out. He's got Stephon Diggs having 150 to 200 damn freaking uh, yards every single game. So he's got weapons. The Jets don't have anything. They can't create any separation. And that's the problem. Adam Gase is gone. And anybody that keeps complaining about him, this is it. Adam Gase is going to be gone. I think he will be here for at least another three games. If the Jets do not win one of the next three games, he will be gone. This team, he will be gone. Why would you wait that long? Well, because, I wouldn't wait that because, fucking long. Because, because I'll tell you why they're going to wait that long. The Jets, when you, when you look at the big picture right now, he is affiliated with Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas, the reason why Joe Douglas uh, was a va- somebody vouched for him. It was Adam Gase that vouched for him. Joe Douglas took the six-year deal because he knew this was going to be a six-year process because he knew he had to get rid of Adam Gase. It probably would have taken another year if it wasn't going to be this bad this year. And he needed at least four years to rebuild this team from defense to offense. His offensive line looks like they're the real deal. That's a good offensive line. I mean, Sam Donald was standing in the pocket against a very good defense for at least five seconds almost every single time. How many times did he get sacked when he uh, when he was in the pocket? Barely any. Every time he moved out of the pocket, uh, that was when he got sacked. So the, you you look at you look at this offensive line. This offensive line is real. This is a good offensive line. I, I just I think disagree with you at least a little bit in that because I think Alex Lewis and Greg Van Rotten are actually horrible at their positions right now. While we have McGovern and Beckett and Fan actually playing well, I think the liabilities are in the interior, and that uh, really one of these first uh, or one of these next uh, first round draft picks that Joe Douglas is is, is going to have, he's going to have to address those positions. Whether you know if he doesn't do it, you're going to put a guard. You're going to go draft a guard in the first round. You don't. You don't draft yeah. a guard until the. Well, no, you know what, you, let, 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 let me clarify because I I, I still yeah. think there's there still think there's going to need to be yeah. Because I think Fant may not necessarily necessarily be the long term thing, but I also think Cameron Clark. I think I think that guy's going to end up stepping in before the end of the season. We're going to see him. He was one of my favorite picks um, from this past draft. And just twenty seven. You're going to have to address the interior of that line. I, I, I'm completely with and Sam. I mean, look at, at times. You know, especially when you're playing against lesser competitions, maybe Sam might get that might might you know he might be able to, to work around that. But I don't think that those guys are good enough to say that I, we we found the answers at those positions. I buddy, I, I I know all you guys are Jet fans. I I think you're going to see. If the Jets are one of the worst teams in the league, and if not, they are the worst team in the NFL, they're absolutely going to draft Trevor Lawrence. I don't care what anybody says sits over here right now. Uh, if they get the number one pick, they're not trading out of it. They're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. So anybody that doesn't think that's going to happen, it will happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. If so. I think it is delusional to say anything other than if we are bad enough to garner the number one pick, there's, there's, I mean, look, as much as I would like to say, oh, yeah, give Sam more, more, no more capital, whatever draft, uh, uh, trade that first round, that, that number one pick, and get two more first round picks. And then, you know, if, we, I, look, if we're that bad, 
there, there's no way to justify uh, leaving Trevor Lawrence there, regardless of, of, of what Sam Donald's situation is. And that's what's going to happen. It's a battle of New York right now. Jets or Giants? Who's going to want him more? <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think Jones will be the quarterback of the future for the Giants. It's just this kid has already had – this is a 23-year-old kid. He's the third youngest quarterback still in the league. I still think he has a tremendous amount of talent. He'll go somewhere else, and he'll win somewhere else. They have beaten him up already. He's going to have three coaches in four years. You yep. can't honestly sit here and tell me, well, he's the end-all, be-all. What's going to happen, and I, I believe this is going to happen, is the Jets are going to bring in, and I've said this, Eric Bieniemy, who everybody believes is the next big head coach, offensive coordinator for Kansas City. The guy is the mastermind of that great offense last year and what you saw in the Super Bowl. So uh, a lot of people believe that Eric Bieniemy is the next big coach that everybody's going to be gunning for. Also, I've been hearing rumors, Jim Harbaugh wants to come back in the NFL. And you know the Jets, he's a big name, and people, you know, you know, no. the, you know the Johnson no. family love going after the big name. No! I don't <laughs> want him! You're my team! No! <laughs> yeah, well. I think the Titans offensive coordinator, too, what's his name? Oh, God, I forget his name. I don't want big names, Arrow. You know what I want? I want somebody to come in here and fucking win. I don't give a fuck where I come from. I'm done with big names. I want a goddamn winner. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh's a winner, though, man. Jim Harbaugh came in and, and, and really transformed the team. So yeah. I, 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 I want to be rational about that as much as I, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. Jim Harbaugh might be the guy to do it. I mean, this is strict disciplinarian. Now, we're already talking about, you know, issues of practice and all of that. I think all those mm-hmm. go away with a guy like that. Um, is, is it too big for him? No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, Michigan, Michigan and all, all the other things. So, I mean, I don't know, man. There's, He's uh, one. He's won, and he's he's a winning quarterback. He won in the NFL, so he, and he knows how to he knows how to help quarterbacks. If they if they bring in Jim Harbaugh, they'll probably keep Sam because then he they think that Sam he could fix Sam because yeah. uh, he fixed. If you look at Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick was one of the best quarterbacks in the league when he was the coach, and then all of a sudden he was gone. He went over there to Michigan, and Colin Kaepernick was nothing to be talked about anymore. So. I, I do believe that in Alex Smith, look how good Alex Smith became when he worked with Jim Harbaugh. He became a better quarterback and then he went to Kansas City and he became even better. So uh, you look at what his numbers were when Jim Harbaugh came into the, He was not a good quarterback, Alex Smith, when, uh, what's his name again? Singletary was there. He was terrible. He was absolutely horrendous. So I, I, I agree. I, I, I do believe that if Jim Harbaugh is the guy that they're going to bring in, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, but there is rumors coming out that Jim Harbaugh might be thinking about coming back to the NFL if the right job comes along. I don't know if the Jets are the right job, but no. you do have a quarterback like Sam Donald that can make plays. Trevor Lawrence will be the spot where Jim Harbaugh is going to go. We're all saying Eric Bieniemy. We're all saying. I mean, look, I'm just giving out options. What if it's like, say, Arthur Smith, who's the offensive coordinator of the Titans? Okay, he basically took Ryan Tannehill, got all the crap that he learned from Adam Gase in Miami. Brought him into Tennessee, and they got to the AFC Championship game. Yes, Derrick Henry had a big part of that, but look, a lot of look at the throws that he made, some of the plays when he had to, and Ryan Tannehill in that game against say the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, he made some really key throws. Also, the maybe maybe Douglas goes the old route, and he brings somebody from the Baltimore court, the Baltimore staff. Maybe he goes the Ravens route. Maybe he goes the Philadelphia Eagles right? although they suck right now, so I'd stay away from that. <laughs> what do you guys think for this season? If they do, they make a move and they can Gase, 
week five or six, like Errol said, what do they do for this season? Do you, do Greg you, Williams. Is that Greg what you do, you think? No, yep, that's I, what they're going to do. Because let me say, like, the last year, like, you know how the offense, the offense was a bag of trash last year, too, just like it is this year. Yes. But they managed to win seven games because the defense was still decent, right? Mm-hmm. And like like Errol said, and like Josh said before, the de- the defense right now has been absolutely atrocious. They had Before today, they had 40 missed tackles. In two games, I don't know how they did today. Most teams had about ten missed tackles. I mean, they did. They're absolutely horrible this year. So that's the only reason where before the year I felt good about Greg Williams maybe doing this, but now I'm thinking he's not even doing his job. That's the only thing we had going good for us last year. And I, I know the defense maybe not on paper has as much talent as last year, but he's not even he's not coaching the defense well either. So I, I don't feel like anything on our staff that I can look at and feel that good about, even though I guess Greg Williams does make the most sense. I mean, say, Greg Williams also has the pedigree. It's not like he hasn't done it before. And he's done it, he's done it in, in a few yeah. because not only did he do it in Cleveland, but if you think for a time in uh, in uh, in New Orleans, he also had some, some responsibilities in that way also. So yeah. even if it's just about being able to transition, I think that would probably be the easiest parachute to jump into, you know, allow Jim Bob Cooter to step in and run the offense and let Greg Williams run the reins uh, at least until the end of the season. And then we yeah. can decide what – you know, what'll be what? Because I would imagine if we do hire a new head coach, um, Greg Williams quite possibly could be gone. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, not yeah, like, yeah. it's not like uh, Adam Gase chose to hire Greg Williams this season. That was also uh, a pick that was made by Christopher Johnson. That was forced on. Yeah, yeah, that was forced. Again, like I said, bless Austin, man. Nice player, can cover. The dude cannot freaking finish a tackle. Oh, my God. How many whiffs does he have every single week? He could yeah, cover. That could be fixed. Tackle. That that, that could be I, I, fixed. We got so many tackling issues. There's tackling issues all over the place. <laughs> I feel bad for Bless because it always seems like he's the one that misses the tackle on every replay. I feel bad. Yo, if you're having 20 missed tackles a game, though, that's like I never heard of anything like that. That's hard. That's the worst. How do you miss that many tackles? <laughs> that's the whole thing. Look, even on special teams, it's weird. Because even on special teams, it looks like, you know, our special teams didn't look like this last season. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Our cover teams were one of the best in the league. And, and I think it's usually a good special teams coach. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I don't even think it has anything to do with special teams. I think the big picture right now is nobody trusts Adam Gase. And now you're seeing even the coaching. Yep. You're seeing the players. Nobody trusts Adam Gase. Adam Gase has lost the team. You see Le'Veon Bell. You, you don't hear Le'Veon Bell at all on social media. Go on his social media right now. He has not spoke really okay. since he got injured because I think the whole big picture is he's trying to weigh it out because he believes that Adam Gase isn't the guy either. I think a lot of players do not think he's the guy anymore. So. Nope. Uh, I think the big picture now is what is Joe? How when is Joe Douglas going to pull the pull the trigger here and say, you know what, you're done. I, I can't have you on the field. The players don't want to play for you. This is this is not a good team. Let's go with the young players. Let's bring in Greg Williams and let's figure things out. The other thing too is, guys, look, we saw this in Miami with Adam Gase. How many times does he does he get his top superstars angry at him? where they just don't want to be there anymore. We saw it with Landry. We saw it with J.J. You you could obviously see it. Look, it was a Jet thing or a Jamal Adams thing, but look, Adams had a part of it was Adam Gase. He pisses off superstars all the time. He does. I think think his ego is such that he wants wants to have the lesser talent, the, the lesser tier players 
Come on, guys. Come on, come on. You, you're not yeah. happy. You're not happy that the Jets got two first round draft picks, a third round, and, <laughs> and, and to me, Bradley McDougal, that was a friggin' that win. That has nothing for to do with Jets. Adam Gates. That oh. has nothing to do with Adam Gates. Uh, I know, no, no. I'm just saying that's a win. So Jamal Adams. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Jamal Adams, you don't want to be here anymore? Bye. We don't need you. That's no, it. We don't want you. And he got hurt today. And he got hurt today. And he got hurt today. He didn't want to be here, though. There's a reason why he was as noisy as he was trying to get out of here. Because he, I mean, he knew what was coming. I think most of the players that are being realistic about this situation knew this shit was coming. No, no, of course. Hey, look, I agree with you guys. But at the same time, you got to think back to it. There, Jamal Adams even said it. Adam Gase is not a good head coach. He's a terrible head coach. He said it on the way out. Jarvis Landry said it. Jay said it. it. It's not just that. It's it, it's a lot of the superstar players he has on these on his teams. They can't stand him. They hate him. And then he just dumps them for you know. But look. Luckily, Joe Douglas is a smart guy and got a great haul for Jamal. I love mutual. It was a steal. Huge. It was a huge steal. Screwed on the on the on the Landry and Ajayi trades. There they got screwed with. But he basically he basically just takes the superstar players out of his game plans all the time and says, no. Cameron Bullash, for example, is a prime example. If Le'Veon Bell was here and healthy, I'm telling you right now, Cameron Bullash is getting more time on the field than Le'Veon Bell is. You know it's true because you. Oh, that's, so, that's, just, that's so sad. It's just the way it is. Well, well, I, again, and you guys are you're 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 making great points, but here's the point: there is nothing we can do about it right now. The only person that could pull the trigger and do something it's Mr. Douglas, and Douglas is the only one that is going to be able to say, you know what, I've had it with this. I can't watch this. Sam Donald looks like he's beside himself. Watch him walk off the field. If I was that kid right now, I'd go, I'd go to my apartment or wherever I'm staying, my condo, and shoot myself in the head or drink myself to sleep. I mean, this team so, is If I'm so Sam horrendous. Donald, I'm going I mean, to the sideline and I'm punching Adam Gase in the fucking head. And I'm going, <laughs> on a 37, you're going to have me running up the fucking middle? Really? <laughs> I can't audible out of this play? What the fuck is wrong like with you? Screens? Come on, on third and ten, you don't like the bubble screens behind the line of scrimmage? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see Sam uh, at, at somebody's club trying to get mono again because he's just wanna, he just wants to wrap up the same. Oh, now 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 they're gonna say he has some kind of pelvic disease. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's got a pelvic disease. He's out. Chronic vaginitis runs through, runs rampant through the Jets locker room, ladies and gentlemen. Percent, I I do. I I think Douglas has a say in it, but. Let's be real here, though. Does he have all the say in it? Or is there a guy above him that says, nah, don't want to let him know who it is? You did hear, you guys did hear, before he signed that contract with uh, Chris, um, Chris, um, I'm sorry, Woody Johnson and Chris uh, Chris Johnson, he did say that he did say in his press conference that he has full control of this team. Now, we all know, we, we all know their last GM over there, Mr. McCagnan, he already said that he didn't have full say on that. It had to be a, a, an agreement with him and Todd Bowles, and they have to go to Christopher Johnson. We do remember that when Douglas went up there and they said, 
one of, one of, I forget who in the press asked him the question, who's in control of this team now? He said, I have 110% control with this team. I will go to Adam and, and talk to Adam about some of the players that I'm bringing in, but I have full say and autonomy on where this team is going from now on. So I, I do believe it's Joe Douglas's choice, but I do believe Joe Douglas is good friends with Adam Gaze, and he will try to hold on as long as he can. But everybody, all those fans, and my friend is a big Jet fan, he tells me, they got to trade for a wide receiver. They got to trade for a wide receiver. Allen Robinson, the Jets better not because this season is done. The, ge- the season is over. Agency, save the draft capital. Yes. Right. But, but does, Joe, does, does Joe Douglas have full autonomy with regards to personnel as far as players, or does he have uh, the, the autonomy to fire Adam Gates? Full autonomy. He, he said okay. he has – because somebody asked him at the press, and I remember this, and I'll, I'll go back and I'll, I'll use it for our show on, on the Weekend Cruncher during the week. I remember Joe Douglas saying, because somebody asked him, he said, well, uh, now, now um, McCagnan had control of the, the players coming in, but he had to go to Todd Bowles and Todd, you know, they have to come to me to finish the deal. He said at the press conference when somebody asked him who has full control of this team moving forward, he says, I'm the GM, Adam is the coach. That's what he said. So what that means is I'm the boss. He's under me. He's going to listen to me. That's what I am. That's what I'm here for. I think there's there's no doubt in my mind he will be gone before the season's end. Unless he somehow pulls out a crazy win this week against another backup quarterback, by the way. This is going to be a backup quarterback with the Broncos playing. And who's who's playing? Uh, what's his name again? They're pro- Blake Bortles. Okay? Blake, Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is playing against the Jets. If the Jets can't beat Blake Bortles... There is a huge problem, okay? Because that team is that not makes, good right now. That makes this even worse for me, though. I, 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 I'll just keep this real because if, if Joe Douglas has that type of authority and and the discussion isn't really right now that Adam Gates – and, I mean, I, I maybe I don't know if, if, if my frustration is getting the best of me in this, but I think we should fire him now. I think Kevin, it's the season's over already. Why would you fire him? Kevin, it's the season is over. The season's over. How many 0-3 teams come back? 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 Can we, can we, can we possibly make Hold on. How many 0-3 teams come back? Can we possibly make the playoffs? I mean, think about this, though. With, the, with some of the extensions that we have, could we possibly make the playoffs? I, I know it's an uphill battle, no. but it's not like we didn't win, you know, seven of, of, of how many ever games last season. I'm Kevin. Just- Kevin, I love you, man. The season is over. Realistically, it is over. realistically we yeah. want to say that it's over. But statistically, yeah. which are, this is a number game, statistically, we should still be trying to win as many games as we possibly can. Again. We need to fire Adam Gates, man. I'm telling you right now. We have no idea what... Kevin, you see what I'm doing right now? You see what I'm doing? I'm flying to Florida to play golf because that's where the Jets are going before the playoffs. They are done. They put a fork in them. They're done. I can't can't say I don't believe that we're in bad shape right now, but I also don't think that the season has lost so much that we shouldn't actually be trying. They're not. They they have no weapons. Kevin, they have no weapons. Tell me, who is your best player right now on offense? I know who it is. Here's the names. Here's the name. Barrios. Who would have thought a five foot six wide receiver would be the best wide receiver right now for the terrible New York Jets? I'm a Jet fan. I am sorry, but it is terrible. I am so it's so obnoxious for any Jet fan. I'm not saying you, Kevin. And I I, I get text messages. I watch all the stupid posts on the Jets group meetings and stuff like that. I go on. It is a joke. 
Jet fans need to open up their eyes. It, right now, the Jets' best player offensively is a five foot six wide receiver that wouldn't be starting or even being a third or fourth string on another team. What does that tell you about the the backups of the Jets and even the starters? We're never even going to see Denzel Mims on the field this year. You watch, he's going to say, "You know what? Why am I going to start my season this year? I could start my rookie season the next year, and I won't have to deal with this rubbish of crap of this team." When you look at Adam Gase and his stupid plain old screen pass plays that he throws, these little bunt little throws that Sam Donald is strong. How do we know what Sam Donald is if we can't even see Sam Donald air out the ball? But I know why. Because nobody can create separation on this team. They're garbage. This team is terrible. And everybody that said Cager, 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 Cager is not an NFL wide receiver. He's just not. He's not. Cager played good today. I know what he got. I know what he got. I know what he got. He was open. He was, Kevin, he was open the whole time. Nobody even, dude, dude, Eric Coleman, Eric Coleman, Kevin. Look, Kevin. I, 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 I just can't go with you on this. Kevin, I, that's fine. That's Kevin. I, Kevin. Makai Becton is the best offensive player that we have on the oh, team. No question. Yes, I'm going to say Berrios is, is maybe the better, the best wide receiver that we have playing. Not a question. On the team right now. I, I, I do still believe that the guys that we have on injured reserve are going to come back and they're going to add some, you know, some, some talent back. Too here. little, too late, and the Jets are going to lose a number one pick. And, again, and they're going to lose another one pick. That's, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even playing for the pick right now. Do you know? Do you know that Eric Coleman? Do you know that Eric Coleman doesn't even know? Do you know that Eric Coleman doesn't even know who Lawrence Cager is? Do you know that? When I told him when I told him he doesn't even know who he is. I told him who he was. He's like, who the hell's Lawrence Cager? <laughs> I know what the kids can. The kid, the kid is that he's a specimen. If yeah. you put him in the right situation... The That's not the right situation right now. <laughs> the problem is, is that this isn't the right situation. With the coaching staff that we have, with the situation that we have, with, with the offensive line in particular, and with yeah. Sam now not even seeing ghosts, maybe if he's seeing ghosts, he's seeing the ghosts of all the players on, on injured reserves. If, if we can get some of those guys back, then maybe we can we can see some improvement. Kager mm. is, is a capable guy. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Fame player, but I'm, I'm saying, based on what it is that we have, He's one. He's one of the better options that we have, and I think if we. Play I, I think Kevin. I think you and me would be better options. Okay, I, I think well, me and you on the field can run, uh, run different routes. I mean, this. I, I'm telling you, my, my back pedal is still insane right now. I'm gonna tell you right now. Technically, I still got some of that. You know. All right. Well, maybe the Jets should sign you. Maybe the Jets should sign you because this team has nothing, dude. I'd rather stick. A, I'd run down the field naked. I'd probably throw people off so I can get down to the the end zone. I'd have a better chance going down to the end zone naked. I mean, this team is horrendous. I, and, and I'm a, and I, I know you guys got to really go, but I will say this: I love this show. I, I think it's great. I, I love. Uh, I love you have uh, my boy on, Josh. You got, I see uh, Keith over here. This is a great show, guys. It's very, very funny. I wanted to come on. I just want to say, I can't say go Jets because I've just completely, I, you guys got to listen to the show tomorrow. I have a great, funny show lined up for you. I'm going to get speedy wild up uh, about this, this Jet game. You guys are going to laugh your ass off. Oh, it's going to be really, wait. really funny. I even got sound effects. All right. Thanks, Errol. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Errol. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Errol Marks from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Uh, very nice taking some time out to, uh, to, to join us tonight to give his, his two cents worth. Although there, there, there are quite a few things that I, I disagree with, but, you know, I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. 
Kevin Jenkins. <laughs> yeah, is yeah if I could say if I could say one thing, the only thing I disagree with is that I, I guess it kind of can go both ways. Like what Kevin's trying to say is that if you're saying Gase is a bomb, the sooner the better. Getting rid right, of him that's, whatever. That's my point. No, nah, wait three games. Yeah, I, no. And then, oh, Odd. And at the same token, like, I think all Jet fans know, I mean, it's nice to hear Kevin be hopeful, but most of us might say, all right, maybe this season's not going to be the best season results-wise. It doesn't mean we can't take the players we do have, take whatever little pieces we think we might have, and try and get the best out of them for 13 games, as opposed to what seems to happen when Adam Gase is the coach, which is he doesn't get the best out of anybody, you know? So there's arguments to be made both ways. Do you just yank this dude after three games? That seems aggressive. But at the same time, if you think, like, I think this is what um, CJ said before. If you think he's not the guy and he's a bomb and he's poisoning the well, the sooner the better in that case to me. Right. No, this is the reason guy. why I don't fucking yeah, wait three games. For them to be, you know, to lose 15, 16 games. I think they just want them to be competitive. Yeah. That's it. Right. Yeah. 24, 21, 27, 24. Play, play the younger. You may not win them, but just be in the games. Lose yes. thirty-four to thirty-one to the Patriots. That's fine, but be involved. I, I would be, I would be much more comfortable saying that we lost to one of those teams by playing the young guys than I would say, man, we ran out Chris Hogan again, and Chris Hogan led the team in targets. And right. Chris Hogan is four hundred eighty-seven years old and, and 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 hasn't been good for how many? Years? You know, so so we're hoping that Chris Hogan regains a form from five years ago when we got guys on the team right now that that can. That are physically more gifted than him are probably much hungrier than him right now to prove themselves and might even be able to establish some sort of chemistry with Sam Darnold that will allow us to see not only the best from them, but also see better from him. Okay, so I'm just saying, yeah, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I'm not saying we're playoff caliber team. You are a factory of sadness! Yeah, we shouldn't we shouldn't be looking to say, you know what, just end the season now, we don't even care. Because I'm still gonna watch the games. You know, right. as much as I get pissed, as much as I leave and gotta go smoke or drink or whatever the case I gotta right. do, and, game, and whatever Kevin. that is, I'm still gonna watch the game and I still wanna see us at least putting forth an effort. And we're not right now. If we're talking about Adam Gase is running, running the ball and, and we're down four scores, you know, and it's the end of the third quarter, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not how you win. That's not, that's not even how you foster a winning mentality. It's not how you teach young players how to go for the juggler, how to win. You don't teach young players that way. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're seeing. If, look, if you're going to put a young guy out there, let him make mistakes. Let him make mistakes in this situation right now. So when some of the things around them do solidify, those guys are the ones that we're going to be looking at and saying, okay, you know, I've made my mistakes, but this is how we're going to win. Let's go get it. That's what I want. And right. I completely it. agree with you because you know something else, too, is that it, for, us, for us Jet fans that have been watching this crap, okay, we could stomach it a little bit better knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel at the end of the season, you know. And moreover to Joshua's point, okay, if the Jets are 0-3 and we played three tight games like we lost to Buffalo 17-16 to and we were competitive against the, against the 49ers and maybe, you know, Sam gets picked off at the two-yard line or whatever and we lose like... 34-31 or, or whatever. And then, like today's game, okay? If today's game's not 36-7, to say it's 36-34, to okay? Or 36-30 to for that matter. If the Jets are competitive every fucking week, I'm not saying it's okay to lose. 
But be fucking competitive. Not that the game is over in the second quarter. Because you know what? Here we are week three. We're already talking about the 2021 draft. There's still 13 fucking games to be played. Do you know how aggravating this is? Do you know how depressing this is? That's why I would much rather... I, I I agree with you 110%, Kevin. You get rid of fucking Gase... You put, I don't give a shit if it's the fucking water boy is the goddamn head coach. Okay? <laughs> put him in. You let Greg Williams do whatever the fuck he's got to do with the goddamn defense. You want to use this year as an evaluation period? You want to see what you got in the cupboard? At least the Jet fans know that you're trying to build something toward the future and not looking at the fucking crazy meth head with his goddamn eyes out there, play call, and run Sam Darnold into the fucking ground that the kid looks like he wants to shoot himself in the fucking head when he goes to the sideline. I've seen, I've seen better offensive geniuses watching my kids play Madden. Right! I'm just gonna keep that real. I said, look, some some of them kids are just intelligent minds, man. I don't know if they, if they're just confident with what it is that they're doing, but they're a lot more aggressive. They're a lot more innovative, and what we're seeing right now, that's not genius. That's punk ass football, and yes. I'm sick of this. Right. My my, my my fantasy football team name every season is the same thing: Smash Mouth. And I'm gonna try with look. That Smash Mouth football is how I got raised. It's what I'm looking for. It's what I'm expecting. And it doesn't just mean three yards in a cloud of dust. It means we're gonna punch you in the face in whichever way we have the best available. Like I said before, Sam Darnold should be looking at not security blankets. He shouldn't be having security blankets. Sam Darnold should have weapons in an arsenal. When you bring Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell is a weapon in his arsenal. Chris Herndon should be a weapon in his arsenal. Richard Perriman, if that's who it's going to be, should be a weapon in his arsenal. We shouldn't be looking at this and saying, oh, yeah, this is going to be a security blanket because he's going to need, yeah, hmm. Sam Donald doesn't want no damn security blanket. Sam Donald wants a bazooka. That's what Sam Donald wants. Right. Sam Donald wants a damn tank. And if we get him those things, hey, never, we never know. We don't know what it can be. We still don't know. And as of right now, Joe, du- Joe Douglas, I mean, Joe Douglas got him a couple of 22s and a slingshot. Um, and, but, you know, <laughs> we'll see how this shakes out. He's, he's not winning with what we got right now, man. And some, some, and look, I don't want to say everything has to change, but most of it has to change, man. Most of it has to change. It, it just has to. True. Yeah. So, I got to throw a fucking flag on that. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> 22 and a sling. Twenty twos and a slingshot. A twenty two. A twenty two. So, all right, gents. Anything else, Dad? Got three rounds. (laughs) That's it. So, and two of them are blanks. (laughs) 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 Oh, I can't. I tell you. All right. So, you know what? It's now time for my co-host. Wonderful segment. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kevin Jackson is going to take us all in the spotlight. <laughs> in the spotlight. Kevin Jackson, Kevin Jackson. Spotlight. All right, Kev, who we got in the spotlight tonight? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in the weapons hot, white hot spotlight this evening, Chris Johnson, again. And I'll just say this because 
we really don't know if Joe Douglas has the autonomy to go, make the necessary moves uh, to, to kind of set this ship back on the right course. Um, and if Chris Johnson is the one, and, and I mean, I know all of us probably uh, talked about this earlier or saw the Chris Morton sit report earlier uh, on NFL countdown that, that specified <clears throat> that the front office is actually looking at Adam Gase uh, because of, you know, not just the play that we've seen on the field, but I would imagine that they're hearing the rumblings in the locker room and the players aren't happy. Chris Johnson needs to pull his head out of his ass. Henry. And I mean, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be as honest as I possibly can about this. It's going to be real quick because there, there really isn't much to elaborate on in this point. Uh, Chris Johnson is not a football guy. And the decision to hire Adam Gase has not only uh, shown and proven in hindsight to be a bad decision, but I think there's most of us, uh, e- even some more of, of the casual fans who recognized that this was the wrong choice for a team that was in the position that we were in. We looked like we had what was legitimately a franchise quarterback at this point in time. Not only are we looking at the franchise quarterback quite possibly being collateral damage and also being gone for next season, but we're also looking at the, the structure around this entire team falling apart. Um, the offense is looking not just stagnant. It's actually looking juvenile. It doesn't look strong. It doesn't look competitive. It doesn't look even, even remotely NFL level. The defense is struggling behind it. And I mean, you can say what it is that you want, but if you've got a defense that's playing, you know, 40 minutes a game, those guys are gassed. Those guys are tired. They're not in the right frame of mind to continue to play at a high level. And while I know Greg Williams is struggling a little bit as, as the coach and, and maybe some of the things have to do with player personnel, but, I mean, it is, it is a, a total team collapse right now. And Joe Douglas has to be banging the table to get uh, Adam Gase out of here. And if he's not, and if he's not allowed to buy Chris Johnson or Woody by extension, if that's really, you know, where the, the decision needs to be made, Chris Johnson's in the spotlight, man. And, and, and not only is he in the spotlight, but it's hot enough to melt right now. He needs to step his game up, and he needs to do it ASAP. And I get people what is he to doing there? more time in a couple of weeks. But I'd be honest with you, if the, the fact that Adam Gase was allowed to travel home with the team after this loss, that's a that's a debacle to me. The, the, the fact that Dow Loggins wasn't didn't have his credentials snatched on the sideline and told to catch a cab back to wherever the hell it is that he got to go. That's a that's a travesty of justice for me. Um, those those men. And I want to you know, I don't want to disrespect them, but I'll use that term loosely. Those men have literally set this team back years. Chris Johnson in the spotlight, you're going to need to pull the trigger, brother. You're going to need to allow the guy who's supposed to be responsible for it. You're going to need to let it happen. If it doesn't, we're looking at 2025 before we can actually even be considered a respectable organization again. Do it and do it now. Let's go. Gentlemen, we'll start with Joshua. Your thoughts. Uh, Listen, I agree with everything Kevin said about it. I think Chris, Chris Johnson needs to, again... He has to be responsible for this whole situation because he caused the situation by first off letting the GM pick the players in free agency, pick the head coach, draft the team, and then the GM and then he fires him because he was undecided. So that's where this whole thing stems back from. And I heard your guys show the last few weeks. CJ said it best. Adam Gase sold basically a bag of goods that was crap. Okay, that's essentially what it was. And to me, I think we're, as Kevin said, 
If they don't get this figured out quick, we're looking at 2025 as when this organization could stop being the butt of the jokes. Which, again, as you all have said, and I know CJU specifically, we're tired of being the butt of the, every single freaking joke in the NFL. I'm tired of it. I got a buddy who's a huge Baltimore Ravens fan, man. And all he does is make jokes to me every freaking week. And I'm tired of it. Okay? It's annoying because he has nothing to do with the Jets. All he does is make fun of me. He goes, wow, your team stinks. Oh, my God. It's even worse than the year before. How could this happen? And I'm tired of being the butt of every joke. Okay? No pun intended to Mark Sanchez. But that's an example of being the butt of every joke. Okay? I'm tired of it. All right, Mr. Farrell, you are up. Well, I'll say this. Obviously, I'm no fan of Chris Johnson. But uh, one thing, you know, Josh is talking about being the butt of jokes. And that always sucks. But one thing that pisses me off more than that is when someone acts like I'm stupid. And if you're going to be Chris Johnson and you're going to come out publicly and you're going to say Adam Gase is brilliant, um, I said that's on our show, what you're saying to Jet fans in the world that everybody's stupid. We don't get it. Doesn't matter that he's worse. They're the worst at everything. Doesn't matter they're the worst offense in the league. Doesn't matter that he was with the Dolphins. Their offense was putrid. Doesn't matter that he got chased out of Miami, came here, and has done nothing since then. None of that matters. We don't get it. We're stupid. This guy's brilliant. You know, and when I heard him say that, you know, at first I didn't think too much of it, but then I started thinking, I'm like, this is a dude, people that grow up entitled billionaire-type lifestyles, they don't often live in reality like the rest of us. You know, they don't live in the same world that we all live in. A lot of them have optimism for no reason because their life hasn't been that bad. I just could, we could figure it out. It's the Jets. Who cares if they're bad for three years? When on the flip, is Jet fans that have been waiting for 40 years for the Jets to be good. My whole entire life. I can name all these coaches. And, you know, since they've taken over, like I said, we've had one coach with a winning record. And the only thing i got to say about my opinion on Chris Johnson is this. He's the reason we have Adam Gase. And that's enough for me right there. That's it. He's responsible. You know, the problem we had, the thing we're getting all worked up about, um, kind of the cancer on this team right now, this dude, you're responsible for that decision. And like Josh said, the disjointed way they did it, where you fire, you bring in Adam Gase, you have McCagnan there who didn't even hire Adam Gase. Gase gets McCagnan, you know, fired. You bring in Douglas. Like, successful teams, they don't go about things like this. That's not, that's not the way successful teams go about things. And until Joe Douglas gets his guy in here, which I don't think is Adam Gase, they're tied together. And I meant to say this before um, when Errol was talking about them and their friendship and them being friends. Like, Joe Douglas, before the Jets hired him, that was everybody's number one GM prospect. Not just the Jets. So Adam Gase is smart. Adam Gase said, oh, let me get this guy in who is every other team's sure thing also, and I'll act like I'm responsible. you got nothing to do with Joe Douglas' success. Joe Douglas didn't get to where he is with, uh, in the league before the Jets hired him. Had nothing to do with Adam Gase at all. That guy did that, that did on his own. But he t- he's trying to link himself to him to maybe last out a little long because he knows he's a clown. I think Joe Douglas is too smart, at least from what I've seen so far, with the decisions he's made. And, guys, one thing I think we all know, we've had plenty of bad coaches, but very, you know, very rarely have we had a really good GM. You know, when Parcells was kind of manning the controls, a lot of good decisions over a short amount of time there. But very rarely do any Jeff Van goes, oh, man, this is a great general manager we had. You know, we don't know what that's like, but I know on paper – 
what Joe Douglas seems to be doing is building a foundation that could be successful. So he's not stupid. He must see Adam Gates as a clown. Even though Chris Johnson, I'm, I'm sorry I went on this rant. There's nothing to do with this. But even though Chris Johnson's the owner and Chris Johnson's this nitwit, and somehow we have this ownership that, you know, we send a guy over, he becomes the ambassador of England, he gets kicked out of their country, he's a racist scumbag. Who else does that happen to besides the French, right? We're the only franchise you could think of. Um, and he, he hands the, the raise off to his little brother, this idiot, this clown, who's been the little brother of another billionaire his whole life, who's achieved nothing in his life. And that's the reason. He's the guy making decisions for the Jets. Just, I say, give the keys to Joe Douglas. Walk away. I don't want to see your face, Chris Johnson. I don't want to see Woody Johnson's face. I don't want to hear you coming out in the media. I don't want to. Have, I don't want you to have anything to do with this team and decisions. Just let Joe Douglas ride it out because I think Joe Douglas has a plan and is smart. And I think the Johnsons so far have been completely inept as owners. That's what I think. No, for sure. You know, I mean, look really quick before everything. Why and CJ, you're a Rangers fan. Why are the New York Rangers successful? Because James Dolan doesn't touch the New York Rangers. <laughs> exactly. 100%. He needs the Knicks. The Mets are going to hire Steve Cohen, take over the team, and he's going to let Daniel Olsen be the president of baseball ops. Because he's not going to get involved. That's the point. Stop touch putting your hand in the cookie jar when you don't know jack squat about the sport. Let somebody who knows the game be in charge. Not you. It drives me nuts. <laughs> All right. Bay popping out of my head. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm so pissed. I love it. Love it. All <laughs> right, gents. It's my turn. Oh, boy. Stand back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's about to get It's about to get real. And I'm going to try to do this as professionally as I possibly can because I don't want to embarrass my co-host here. Because I know he probably... I know what's coming. I know what's coming. <laughs> He's probably already saying, oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I know what's coming. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't be any more succinct when I say that Adam Gase needs to be removed as head coach of the New York Jets. We have put aside reason after reason after reason as to why he should never have been hired as the head coach of the New York Jets in the first place. But however, the powers that be that run the New York Jets felt obviously different. To reiterate a point that I made on a couple of shows ago, the New York Jets and Christopher Johnson and also Woody Johnson to an extent were sold a bag of goods. A bag of goods by an NFL con artist. And the NFL con artist in this case is Mr. Adam Gase. Now, spare me all of the statistics that Pro Football Focus has about that Peyton Manning had the best statistical year as Adam Case as his head coach. Let's get one thing straight. Peyton Manning was a Hall of Fame quarterback before Adam Gase was his quarterback's coach slash jockstrap holder slash glorified clipboard holder slash offensive coordinator or whatever. Peyton Manning did not need Adam Gase to get better because Peyton Manning was already on a ticket into the Hall of Fame, okay? So the offensive guru nonsense, when Adam Gase's offenses have been historically bad, have been completely overstated, the New York Jets under Adam Gase could potentially be worse offensively than they were under Coach Rich Kotite. That is a feat 
that I never thought would ever be achieved by any New York Jets head coach. But unfortunately, we are on that trajectory right now. And this is not Neil O'Donnell as quarterback here. We do not have Adrian Morell in the backfield. We have Sam Darnold and we have Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, who at one point was the NFL's best running back in the league when he was a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have somehow managed to turn him into the 27th ranked running back in the league. That, quite frankly, is pathetic when you take a Hall of Fame talent and you diminish him and you demean him to this point. It's a sin and it's also insulting. It's insulting not only to the 52 other players that take the field every single week that have to wear a New York Jets uniform, but it's also insulting to every single fan who puts on a New York Jets jersey, who puts on a New York Jets t-shirt, who wears a New York Jets hat, or whatever regalia that they decide to don on any given day. We as New York Jet fans deserve better, and we implore you as an owner to recognize that fact and just own up to the mistake that we all already know that you have made. Do us all a favor and please fire Adam Gase before he potentially ruins our franchise quarterback, Sam Darnold. And to what Joshua said, that the Jets may not be competitive until the year 2025. Tomorrow's not guaranteed for any of us. And I'd like to see the Jets at least win one Super Bowl before I die. So do us all a favor. Hand the keys over to Joe Douglas and get the fuck out of the way. And let the man do what you paid him to do, which is build a championship football team. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Sports War Radio and, quite frankly, wherever you get your New York Jets fix. I'd like to thank Mr. Keith Farrell from the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast and also Mr. Joshua Silverberg, also from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, for joining us this evening. Keith, really quick, give out your show's uh, social media information, that which you can remember, because I know normally your co-host Michael Ligaris handles all of that. So Yeah, you know what, everyone? If you want to hear, just Google Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, man. <laughs> Use the Google machine, because your boy doesn't know that type of information. You know, I'm just a creative force. When it comes to social media, I allow my partner to handle most of those things. So, But you Google Ain't Easy Being Green podcast everywhere on the planet. You get your podcast. We're there anywhere on social media. You Google that, you'll find us. If you want to support us, get at us any way, shape, or form. All it's right. a good show. Really good show. Thanks. Thank really. you very much. Joshua, please give out your social media information so fans of Weapon Tot could also follow you as well. Sure, absolutely. I do a wrestling show with my uh, with my tag team partners. We like to say Mr. Alex Slows, who's the son of Washington Nationals radio announcer Charlie Slows. So we get to do that together. Um, it's every Saturday at twelve o'clock, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can check us out on at Off the Mat WWSRN. That's Off the Mat WWSRN, right there on Twitter and on Facebook. Just type in Off the Mat as well. And if you want to follow me insulting the New York Jets on Twitter, it's at Josh Silverberg. Trust me, I do a lot. I'm still being blocked by Michael Kadire, by the way, because I. (laughs) 
So, you know, he could still kiss my ass, but whatever. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, no, nah, thanks, guys, for having me on tonight. It was a real pleasure. It was awesome. I, everybody, Keith, I'm going to start checking out your show as well, man. It thanks, was, bro. And anytime you. I come on the... Anytime you guys want to come on the wrestling show, please, please come on anytime. Alex and I, we would love to have you guys. CJ, we're going to talk Chief, Chief J Strongbow, right? Next time you come on, that's what's going to do. Wow. Martino, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I also want to talk a little, uh, you know, Jim, uh, uh, Jimmy Superfly, Snooker, you know, some early Hulk Hogan days. We'll, 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 we'll definitely. Andre, we'll, the Greg the Hammer Valentine. Greg the Hammer Valentine, <laughs> yep. Go, man. <laughs> I could go carry Von Eric, Junkyard Dog, you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> the Ultimate Warrior. Man. <laughs> Absolutely, talk all that man. It's it's an unbelievable show. We love doing it, and you guys all do wonderful shows. You know, right here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And Keith, like I said, I'm going to check out your show starting now too. Um, like I said, I, I I just love all the Jet Podcast shows, and hopefully Chris Johnson, like you guys said, gets it right. Please, <laughs> please, can only hope. Yeah, we can only hope. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow Weapons Hot at CNC Jets Factor on Twitter. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partner in crime on the other side of the glass, Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Weapons Hot has a Facebook page. Be sure to hit that like button. Give us a message. Message us. We'll message you right back. We love going back and forth with fans about this, about this football team and the disgrace that they have turned into. Also, leave us some feedback. Because we like to know how we're doing here on Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast. Also, don't forget to check us out on YouTube. Be sure to check us out on Sports War Radio, on Spreaker.com, on SoundCloud.com, and quite frankly, any place that you get your podcast mix. Also, don't forget, you could also find us on our new home, Snowman Digital Media. Shout out to Brian Snow, Dr. K, and the group over there for uh, allowing us to get our message to their viewers and their followers. So, for Mr. Keith Farrell, Mr. Joshua Silverberg, Mr. Kevin Jackson, otherwise known as Spotty Blackman, this is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone signing off. We will see you guys. We will see you guys. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Jets-Broncos Thursday night. Uh, still undecided whether or not we're going to do a post game following the show. If not, you can always catch Weapons Hot. 7 p.m. on Sunday, uh, working on trying to get a guest to join us as we talk about this miserable season. I'm going to leave you guys with still, in my opinion, is the best chant in the NFL. Peace, love, go Jets. Christopher Johnson, I hope you're listening. Get it right. Nice. Nice. <laughs>